1: Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with
0: Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part
1: of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa.
0: Have you suffered from a problem in a relationship where no matter what you did to get something across to the person you felt like they were always miles away? Do you feel like you give, you give, you give, and people take, take, take? Or are you one of these people on the earth that you feel like you need to be alone, you want to be alone, but yet you have all these allergy problems and allergies and food intolerances. And why is that? You don't seem to need relationships. Why do we need an intimacy anyways? If you suffered from problems with intuitive sensitivity, porousness, and relationship issues, today's is your day because we're going to discuss intimacy and intuition. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa on MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. There are so many shows on the internet, on the web, everywhere. There is love <clears throat> on the boat Love on a cruise ship. Love in the desert. We got The Bachelor. We got The Bachelorette. We have all kinds of shows. This person meets that. Are they going to get married? We're not sure. We had The Jersey Shore. We had The Shmush Room. I used to watch The Jersey Shore. I'm not even sure if that's intimacy. What was that that went on? Can a person be intuitive and intimate at the same time? And how does it affect your health? You're going to hear some calls during the show. You can call too. Each week I advertise this show on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1. And you'll get all the directions to to be on this zoom live podcast and taping and you could get a free mini reading but understand that this forum is educational only and not intended to provide a physician patient relationship give diagnoses prescribe treatment or do psychotherapy but uh, please contact your healthcare provider or obtain treatment if you're in an emergency please go to your emergency room Remember to subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want a private reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com. www.drmongalisa.com. A lot of people talk about when you get partnered with someone, we are one. I hear people making gagging sounds. I woke up this morning and I said, now what is your definition of intimacy? Is it having sex? Well, I know a lot of people have one night stands or one night lie downs or whatever you want to call it these days. And I don't know if sex is intimacy. Um, A lot of people can have sex but they don't even know what the person's name is. So how intimate is that? What is my definition of intimacy? It's overlapping with boundaries. Overlapping with boundaries. That's what I figured like about in my, when I woke up this morning, overlapping with boundaries. If you figure out anything that's healthy, It's never one extreme versus the other. It's a dialectic, meaning die means two. Unicycles are by inherent very stressful and unsteady. It's one wheel. You you lean forward, you're flat on your face. If you lean backward, you're flat on your ass. So it can't be one thing. Inimigacy can't just be closeness. You know those people. They move in, they get together, and they're intimate. So intimate that they start having the same hairstyle. They start dressing alike. They start walking alike. And my God, everyone around them wants to gag. <laughs> or somebody gets a pet. They get a dog. Everything's about the dog. They they are constantly combing the dog's hair to the left. The next thing you know, they're they're actually combing their own hair to the left. They uh get a scarf for the dog, it's blue. Then you notice they're wearing a lot of blue these days. And so on and so on. Nowhere do they go that the dog is not. You invite them to the wedding. Can the dog go to the wedding? They and the dog become one. Hmm. Intimacy. So you can be intimate with a person, same species. But you can also, someone during the podcast is actually showing her uh canine intimacy. However, healthy intimacy involves separation. Why might that be? Because if you are too close, you lose yourself. So that's not about intimacy. That's about being with yourself you've engulfed somebody else. You might as well swallow them whole. I mean, that's like having intimacy with a shark. No, you're not intimate with them. They've swallowed you whole. So if you can be intimate with an animal very close and you can be intimate with a person How else can you be intimate? There are a lot of ways in which we can become one with somebody, but also, also be unhealthy, meaning obsession, consumed, which is unhealthy. You can, the right brain is important for attention. When you are in love, or you love somebody, you become intuitively and emotionally involved with the right brain. And the right brain is half your feelings and half awareness to someone else. And the right brain is important for attention, divided attention, a balance of awareness of you and somebody else. When you meditate, that, that area for attention goes to sleep. So you're more likely to say things like, it's as if you and I are one. Oh my God, intimacy, swallowed whole. You and I have fused. Or what they call in spiritual experience, devakut, which means to cleave to the divine, become one. That's an example. If you're still on the earth, you don't want to be overly devakuting because that means you're way out. I'm sure you've met these people. Sometimes they call it um, meditation or yoga brain, where they've been meditating or doing so much yoga. They're not on earth. You run into them in the cafeteria, literally, you run into them because they're not paying attention, paying attention is the operative word, where they're going because they're still one with everybody, (laughs) one with the universe, but they're not on the earth yet yet and they can't have divided attention, meaning they shouldn't be operating heavy machinery. Same thing with people who are in love. They are one with their beloved, and therefore, they ain't paying attention. They are under the influence of opiates, oxytocin. What else? Well, we can become one with something when we learn how to become an expert golfer. You are the player and you learn how to become one with the ball. A gymnast, the same thing. Or a baseball player. Expert players, athletes learn to become one with it. Oh my God, that's intimacy. I thought intimacy was just sex. It's not just sex, but you'd be surprised on how adolescent people who sometimes never grow up think it's sex. It isn't. We all make that mistake. Let me give you an example. Everybody thinks pheromones are about sex. If you go to the end or the back, the classifieds of every rolling stone, now you think, Is she really talking about Rolling Stone here? Yes, I am. Just wait for it a second. There's a woman named Althena. I think that's her name. And she sells pheromones, human species pheromones, to be specific. And you're like, I didn't think there was anything different. Yes, there is, when you see where I'm going with this. Pheromones are species specific. Very important. We'll get to that in a second. It's one of the ways in which we have intimacy. That our glands and our skin and so on release pheromones, molecules that are in the air that go through our nose, through our hypothalamus, through our olfactory blobs, and they create a communication and intimacy. So when you're intimate with a partner, your hypothalamus can entrain, you can cycle. You get coordinated with that person. Women in a dorm start to menstruate together because of pheromones. If they're all human. Okay, now then. This is where we get into why are you talking about this? Well, I left to go to Sarasota to get the hyperbaric oxygen because I have a spinal problem. Don't ask. And my cats are not happy with this Now, I've been leaving for years. Why now? Could it be COVID? I don't know. All I know is one of my cats, Conway Twitty. That's a nod to the Southern influence. I have several cats, actually four. We tap it off at four. Conway Twitty, Loretta Lynn, Minnie Pearl, and Horatio. The one that's probably least adjusted to me leaving was Conway Twitty. And let us just say he left his calling card. But they left more than a calling card. They completely destroyed Hogwarts, Diagon Alley. They took out four houses. How they did that, I really don't know. They knew enough to leave the Titanic intact because they knew that was a bad omen. Okay. They took out the Titanic. Mommy may sink. However, they took out Diagon Alley. But worse yet, Conway, and I know it's him, sprayed all over the house. Why? I don't know. He even got on the counter and I have a Snoopy cookie jar. He even backed it up and sprayed on the dog. Now, how does that work? I don't know. Because we had Felix the cat over here. Nope. He shunned the cat and did a species-specific shunning. And his aim was incredible. So I was disturbed about this, and I went on the web with a credit card, because all problems can be solved on the web with a credit card. And I found about feline pheromones and i knew all about athena and pheromones because they advertise them in the back of the rolling stone that if you wear these pheromones you're supposed to attract a mate but there's a whole industry about feline pheromones it's very hard to say that you say that five times feline pheromones feline pheromones feline pheromones feline pheromones we're very good at saying f because well the f word is related to intimacy for god's sakes Thank the good Lord it's not TH, because that would be a nightmare. Suffice it to say, I decide I'm going to outfit myself with feline pheromones. So, you know, an intuitive brain is an obsessive brain, and so is intimacy, (laughs) because I told you it's obsessional. So I didn't get one. I didn't get two. I didn't get three. I got six of these puppies because you put one in every room, okay? It's supposed to calm the cat. And apparently there are two pheromones. There's one right next to their mouth. That's why they rub their face. And that does one thing. But the other one, I think, comes from somewhere else. I'm not sure. I don't actually want to know. (laughs) All I know is it calms them down. So I put one of these in six rooms. I think about six o'clock at night. And I want you to know, I have been a wreck because I've broken a rod, a titanium rod in my spine next to a vein that blew in 2012 and I died. So it's a long story, but anyway, I've been a little nervous, which we'll get into this. So you'll figure it out. So six o'clock I erect, pun not intended, the feline pheromone structures. And by midnight, I'm calm. And I wake up the next morning and it's as if nothing matters. I feel like I've had an IV clonopin and I say to myself, this makes no sense. Could it be that I'm part feline? Could it be that I am my brain responds to feline pheromones? Is this a cross-species pheromone effect? This makes no sense. Could it be that I am I don't know. So I look up pheromones, feline pheromones, and they're species-specific, meaning that they shouldn't affect my brain at all. Well, then, am I nuts? I don't think I'm nuts, although I could be nuts. No. I'm so intuitively keyed into my cat's brains that there's getting calmer, and so I'm getting calmer, which is the reason why they – Marked everything is because they were keyed into me being upset and they were marking everything. And here we go again. So that's the point of intimacy and intuition. Is it's not just a sexual act, it's an emotional act. If they're upset, you're upset. If they're aggravated, you're aggravated. I thought it was just pheromones. It's intuition. Son of a get. I was gonna say something else, but you probably know it already. But it's worse. Uh, I'm not married. I think marriage would be too much for me. First of all, especially with the hormones, intuition comes spilling out of your mouth. You know it does. And that's not always great for intimacy. That's where the boundaries come in. I see it. I said intimacy is a healthy... Balance between overlapping emotions, physicality, and boundaries. So we have a frontal lobe for boundaries and a temporal lobe for intuition. And hopefully they would be balanced. Well, I have a double D temporal lobe and do I have a double A frontal lobe? not so sure. It's a little bit of a ribbon. I don't even know if it meets the AA criteria. Suffice it to say, I'll just tell you what a date was like for me. But you all know what it's like to be in a relationship. If you're feeling something, sometimes it comes out of your mouth because your frontal lobe filter, you'll call it filter or boundary. Some people call it the muzzle. <laughs> pie hole, whatever it is, it comes spilling out. And you'll go, well, I thought we were supposed to be intimate. I thought I was supposed to be safe and say things. No, it's a balance between intimacy, overlapping my feelings and yours versus boundaries. Sometimes you need to keep the shut shut to the up. So I'm on this basic double date. It's me, a judge and these two people are who are engaged. So you would think that they would have more intimacy, right? So we're sitting there in the kitchen, and I don't know what it was. And the more nervous I get, the worse it is. I guess because of anxiety, it disengages the frontal lobe. So I think I reached for a canopy, and I started talking about when I was working in this lab, and there was a guy who was in the Merchant Marine and he and I used to go into the elevator and fool around. And I started talking about how there were these emergency buttons that you could press and stop the elevator in between floors. And because of the type of installation it is, and I want not tell you what it is, because it was part a government installation and part a university. That's a, that's a hint that they had disconnected the alarm so no one could tell really for sure that the elevator was stopped. All they could tell was when they pressed the button, it wasn't coming to the floor. So after a while, the elevator wasn't moving and someone went, someone's fooling around in the elevator again because it's not moving. Anyway, so we'd fool around in the elevator. We weren't the only ones, but so we're in the elevator and we stop between floors. The intuition came in. You had to figure out, eventually you'd have to get out of the elevator. So you would have to intuitively figure out which floor no one was at. So you wouldn't get detected. Are you following me? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm following you. So much freedom to see. So we get off. At a floor. And once we got actually locked up on the roof, but I'm not going to tell you about that one. Suffice it to say that was a real bad day. The um, the air conditioner repairman had to get us out of there. We screamed down to the uh, parking lot, and what's weird is years later, when I was in medical school, that should tell you something else. When I was at medical school, he was fixing the elevator there. I have problems with elevators, and I said. Do you remember me back? And he said, I remember you. (laughs) And It was like, so, you you know, my reputation precedes me. Anyway, back to the story on the date. So I'm telling this story. And the fiance, the guy, guy says, well, he used to fool around. You know, he used to have sex in elevators, too. At his job. And I went, really? And he looks at me. I went, oh my God, that's amazing. And so the conversation continues to other things. And of course, because an intuitive brain is an obsessional brain, I go back to this, to that topic again. And I go, remember you you said you used to fool around in elevators too. He said, I never said I had sex in an elevator. I said, yes, you did. He said, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. He said it right then. He He said, and then he made this motion as if to say, say nothing. And I went, you said it really loud. And you said, look. The end of the evening, and his fiance went, who did you have an affair with in the elevator? You never told me that. So they're all upset because, you know, they're having an imbusing moment there or lack thereof. So the next moment I meet him at the McDonald's and he said, I never said it. I said, yes, you did. He said, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. He said, you heard my mind. You heard my thoughts. I went, son of a gun. That's a problem. Because you know, you know, you're in a relationship and you're at breakfast. How was your day yesterday? Fine that quiet is very loud for you and so you hear things in the air that's intimacy for you it's too much intimacy it's not enough boundary so you go you didn't say anything i know i know but you didn't say anything so that means something happened i can hear it i didn't say anything And then eventually they'll get annoyed. They start getting angry. And the reason why they get angry is they have no boundaries. That's their thought space. Get out of their space. Slam the door. And when they get angry, just like a cat, if you pick them up when they don't want to be picked up, usually they go. That's the hissing noise. It means leave me alone. But no, the more they say, I don't want to talk about it, the more you want to talk about it. Why don't you want to talk about it? And you follow them wherever they're going. And you're like, because I don't want to, there's nothing to talk about. Well, apparently there is because you didn't answer the question. And this goes on and on and on because it's an inappropriate amount of intimacy, overlapping, and boundary. Because you start getting anxious because you heard something. And guess what? Too bad. You need mindfulness. You need to know just by a wrinkle of physiology. Yes, it's possible to be intuitively connected to your partner. Too bad. Sometimes the boundary is that's not for you. You You have a table. And there's a table next to you. And they have french fries on the table. Don't you sometimes want to reach over and take one of their french fries? I do. The, fa- the fact remains is, those are not your French fries. Keep your hands on your table. Did you get it? Or you are at a business meeting, okay? You're sitting there and someone next to you orders the French fries and you ordered the fruit cup because you were trying to be good. You're dying for a French fry and they're not eating them. They only ate two of them. We're leaving them because they're one of those people. But you have the wrong relationship category. They're like a boss or someone over you. And you don't have that level of intimacy. You have to stick to the fruit cup, but you're damned if you want a french fry. Can't do it. Can't do it. The hand wants to reach. Nope. That's what you have to do with your partner. You have to let him go. Let them have their french fries. But you don't want to. That was a fly. Doesn't know the boundaries. You don't want to become a fly, do you? Flies are insects. They don't know boundaries. They just fly around and land wherever they want. Don't do that. Just because you have intuition doesn't mean you have to fly. Fly, pun intended. In the intimacy space all the time. Just because you're flying... Closeness, get out of the intimacy space. People who lose themselves in the family excessively rescue. What do they get? Fatigue, autoimmune allergies, excessive sensitivity, and they gain weight. Alternately, people who have too many boundaries. They say things like, I can't think about that right now. I have too much on my plate. That's the way they always are. And what do they have? They have intolerances. They look cold. They have aloof. And they end up having cardiac problems. Either extreme is not good. You're like, well, at least I'm not selfish and narcissistic. Good. You'll die young. They'll put it on your headstone. And you'll have lots of company. That's first center. Second center. This is the medical intuition of intimacy. You'll say, we're soulmates. We're one. You and I are one. Or they'll have pronoun problems. And I don't mean the gender, sex thing. I mean, you ask them, how are you? And they'll go, we're fine. Wait a minute, Mao. Let's do that again. Instant replay. How are you? We're fine. Norman, Norma, and I are fine. Am I in a wind tunnel? Have you become paramecium-infused? So it's a problem with intimacy and bounding. On the alternate are people who have too many boundaries and then not enough intimacy. They'll say things like, me first. I have to talk first. Me first. Me first. Not ADHD, where they terminally interrupt or they have to finish their thought or they'll forget forever what they're going to say. I do that all the time. Interrupt, 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 interrupt. Because if you say, let me just finish my thought. Go ahead. And then you say, what were we going to say, mon Lisa? Gone. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. Was it that we were going to go on bikes? Or um is it about an orangutan? <laughs> no, I know. We're going to buy tang and drink it. I don't know. If I don't say it, I won't remember it. It's not that I'm rude. It's if I don't say it right away, I'll forget it. Third center, intimacy and intuition problems. You're so intuitively keyed into someone, you start feeling guilty because if someone is angry at you, disappointed, because somehow you haven't met their expectations. You intuitively, constantly keyed in Disappointing them to the point where you have a phobia. On the other extreme, of people who are so boundary, they could care, they couldn't care less if someone is disappointed than them. With someone else's opinion, is not their problem. The people with perennial guilt, oh my god, did I disappoint you? I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Those people constantly have chronic guilt, stomach aches, weight, body image issues. However, once you get from the heart up, things start to merge. We have to learn how to have a balance of intimacy and distance to be humans. You understand conjoined twin problems. That's an example of how intimacy has gone wrong. They've showed on the Sunday show a snake with two heads. And one was the dominant one. And what was amazing was one always got in the fight and he would pull the other one so much that it hurt the neck of the one that always went along. We need to be individuals. What's interesting is one body, we are one, but they still had two heads. If you're always one, going together, you can't truly be separate. Think about that. You really have want to have truly your own mind and your own body if you're on the earth. You can still share, but don't be afraid. To be alone. And if you are, it may mean that your intuition, you also have some anxiety. And that's okay. You can learn mindfulness and other techniques to do that. But if you're on the earth, you don't want to be conjoined with someone else. You want to do what you were put on the earth to do. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. We're talking about intimacy and intuition. I'm going to open up the lines for questions. Anybody have a question? I'm going to put the, you know, the line on the phone. Yes, um, Annalita, go ahead. You have to take the mute off or I'm asked to unmute or I cannot hear
1: you. I got it. Go ahead. Thank you. I would like to direct your attention to a question Wanda, Wanda, Wanda posted in the chat
0: asking... Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Now, I find this fascinating. Please. You like to direct a question to what Wanda asked in the, the class. Now, I find this fascinating because with, this show is all about intimacy and boundaries. But if Wanda asked in the class... Does, Juan, does a cat have Wanda's tongue? <laughs> or can Wanda not sign on? Is that the problem? I see her. So this is a perfect example. Like the two-headed snake. Okay, hold on. Like the two-headed snake. You have a body and Wanda has a body. But somehow, Wanda's question that's come out of her mouth went came out your mouth so that's intimacy without boundaries so you cannot ask wanda's question er, wrong <laughs> do you see that wanda has to ask wanda's question do you see that that's a perfect example of too much intimacy or fusion in a marriage or relationship you can hear that if you listen to a call and show like i don't know dr laura i listen to dr laura partners get on and one partner will always talk for the other. Always. And she'll try to have them start, stop. So Wanda says she did ask the question. Why can't she unmute herself and ask it? Wanda, unmute your, yourself and ask it. Sorry, sorry. Um, there okay, you go. Qu- okay, but that was an important thing that we just had here. Because you see how that is? Yeah. If someone has trouble voicing something, someone it, it misses the point if someone else voices it for them. The mere way that they voice it for them. But a lot of times, people think it's intimacy if someone else speaks for them. They can't. Got it? That was a two-headed snake. One of them just always spoke for the other. That's not intimacy that's a lack of boundaries. But anyway, that was a great thing that happened. There. This was a lovely thing. Don't you love this? Anyway, thank you, Annalita. That was for going along with that. You're uh, She's a good soul. Okay, um,
1: Wanda, how can I be of help? Okay, so um, when you're asleep, you're unguarded, and I can hear somebody loud and clear, and I just talk back and you know that's a I say the wrong thing because I'm just saying exactly what I think or feel so that's a problem because I can't really um, quote-unquote protect myself during sleep it's not anything bad it's just and it's like Back back up okay
0: we have a left brain and we have a right brain The right brain is dominant for dreaming. Okay. Did I lose you? Okay. No, I'm here. I'm here. When we dream, our spinal cord is inhibited, so we cannot act out the dream. But our EEG in the way that wakefulness and dreaming seem absolutely the same. Now then, when we have intuition in our right brain, we have to balance it with left brain fact. Just like when you go to court, you might have assumptions, but you have to have evidence to back it up. Are you following me? Yep. Good. So now, when you say something to someone in a dream, say, for example, you had a dream that you were saying something, quote, loud and clear to Annalita. And the next day you call Annalita. Do you say, quote, what did I say to you last night?
1: I don't know if I would or not. It would depend. Then, if then was you the don't
0: then you don't know, but there's something that you have you have something going on here. You don't know if your dream, right, brain, intuition is directly related concretely, not symbolically, but concretely. With left brain fat. It may have some symbolic association with it, but not concretely, like the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. One plus one is two. It may have symbolic communication, but not literal. Do you want to hear you. what I'm
1: saying? I do. I understand exactly what you're saying, but I know I'm you're describing very smart. something different. Okay, then what are you describing? <laughs> quite literally, I'll be dreaming and minding my own business. And this guy uh comes in and and really wants to get my attention. And yeah, I can hear him quite literally. I can hear him moving around. I can know what he's doing. It's it's literal. I understand that. That's literal. Yeah. yeah. So then do you
0: check that with evidence and you find the person and say, So, what
1: were you doing last night? I don't because he doesn't answer his phone. Okay, I'm wait not sure Wait, wait a minute. Okay, yep, hold yep, on a second. Yep. yep. Then,
0: when I do a reading, I get the name and the age of someone. And I describe what's going on with them in their emotional life and physical body. And then I describe their physical body, symptoms in their body. And then when I talk to the person, I ask them what's going on. And I take a different color pen, a red pen, and I circle the hits. Meaning I find a parallel between what they're saying about their symptoms and what I'm picking up. Are you following me? Yep. One time I did this reading on this lady, and this vis a vis how I teach intuition. And this goes specifically to what you're talking about. I did this reading on this lady, and I saw two pool b- balls, you know, like you play pool yep. in a bar. I saw two pool balls in her pelvis. One that was the number nine ball and another one was the 21 ball. And I went and I said, I'm saying this out loud in real time. I said, I see a pool ball, like, you know, with the stripes and their stripes and solids, but both of them were stripes. I said, I see a nine ball and then I see a 21 ball. And then I went, hmm. I never was aware that there was a 21 ball in pool. And then I say, can you please tell me your health concerns? And she said, infertility. And I'm like, what the hell am I seeing pool balls? And she says, I have repeated miscarriages and loss of babies. And I went, and it took me a while because I'm a little slow on the take, especially in the afternoon if I haven't eaten something. And I went, oh, when do you lose your kids? I said, "I'm so sorry." She said, "One." I, she said, "I've lost them several." She said, "The last one was nine weeks, and the other one was later. It was like twenty something." And I went because fetuses look like pool balls, and I'm clairvoyant. So that's symbolic as figurative. But as you see, I'm trying to look for the similarity when I teach readings. I give people the name and the age of someone, and you obviously have somebody in mind. And I then tell people to put anything down on a piece of paper. Anything, anything. If a can of cat food comes to you, write down can of cat food or draw it. So this guy, I, ju- I give the name and the age of someone, and the kid has Asperger's. So the guy draws a tree with an apple falling out of it. But he's very self-conscious. He's like this person who's always guilty and wants to please. And he's like, I'm wrong. I'm wrong, aren't I? I'm wrong. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I went, no, you're not. Stop it. And I'm sitting here going, how does it fit? I have to find out how this works. And he said, well, there's an apple falling out of a tree. And I went, oh, oh, oh. I said, what does the following phrase mean to you? The, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. His father is just like him. It's genetic. His father has Asperger's. Are you following me? I am. So it's called right church, wrong pew and in intuition. So you could be, see, I snuck up on that, nabbed you right in the back of the head. So my point, you thought I was just talking about readings and how people process and blah, blah, blah. You could be thinking about this person, but you could be thinking about someone next door to them, someone related to them, or some other person that is a potential mate for you that you have no idea who they are. You're so obsessed with this person that there could be someone else waiting for you, looking at their wristwatch, looking outside the window, waiting, 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 and they don't know why you're coming because you're just thinking about Bachelor number one, but this is bachelor number two or bachelor number three. Are you following me? And you're going to tell me I'm wrong. And then I'm going to say, are you sure? And the answer is, you can't possibly know you're right because you have a closed system. If you are human, there's a phrase to be human after all. Everybody is flawed. You're not a machine, are you, Wanda? nope do you like machines yes thank you i have no more questions for this witness you may step down because you like machines because they are clean they are tidy and they feel like they're perfect or at least we can fix them because then they can feel perfect again but guess what people aren't you may have right church wrong pew. you may be so fixed on this person it could be someone adjacent to them are you following me I am. Stop it.
1: <laughs> I have stopped it. No. That's the- oh, my God. I you know what I, you what I want you to do? I want
0: you to do. somebody. What? See, I know I hit pager because finally you've resignated. I've worn you down to a nut. No, what- you haven't. <laughs> yeah, oh, see? Ooh, see? No, you haven't. I am a machine. I am a machine athletes who become one with the ball, but then start having problems. A famous gymnast went to the Olympics and got a case of the, I'm going to use the wrong word, wiggles, where all of a sudden she became disoriented. Why is that? They study, they practice, they practice, they practice. They become one with the bar. And then all of a sudden they become disoriented. Why is that? Why is that? Someone who becomes an author, Work so hard is in the story and becomes disoriented. A scientist who's working so hard, so hard, so hard in the experiment to become one with the experiment. What is the solution to becoming one with something? And then you become disoriented? You back off. This? I love the word you use. You don't back off. You don't like that word because that means to go backward. It's one of the reasons why I don't like the word retreat. There's a little thing. I got in trouble for this Someone Got really mad at me. They said, why don't you go to any of the retreats during my residency? I couldn't stand to go to any of the retreats. I said, I don't like the word. The word retreat means to go backward. Don't we want to go forward? Yes. You said we back off. Back off. Sounds like a very negative thing.
1: Back off. <laughs> Mm, no.
0: That's a good point. And yes, and it sounds like an angry thing. Back off. It makes it sounds rejection. Well,
1: that's exactly how I well, did I, it. I, that's I, know, why I, I
0: feel bad. I I t- I'm not asking you to feel bad. I'm simply no, I saying, that. instead of backing off, backing off feels like someone is angry with you and they're rejecting you, which is the very thing that is upsetting about this situation. So you don't back off, which means go backward. What they do is they move forward. They go for a walk. So whenever I couldn't figure something out, and experiment, I would go for a walk. You simply do something
1: else. That's, that's what back off means. No, it does not. Oh, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Doing some, wait right. a, no, no,
0: no, yeah. no, no, no. Wait, wait. I, I don't know. You, you live in Canada. You people speak English up there, don't you?
1: Yes, but obviously not the no, same. No,
0: as no, me. no, 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 oh. no. Oh. There are things called accents. Yes. And you people are polite, but just because I have an accent does not mean I'm polite. Back does not mean it's not the same thing as do something else. Okay, you're right. I will concede the point. Not a, It's not a. Mm. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's not a competition.
1: My point. No, you want to be right. I'm agreeing with you because you're right. I'm agreeing. I don't want to be right because I tell you why.
0: It's a dialectic. If I am so right all the time, how come I keep breaking rods in my back?
1: Well, I could tell you, but you don't want to know.
0: She doesn't know. She did a moment of intimacy. That wasn't a statement for acquiring information. That was a statement of intimacy.
1: Okay. I can't say anything right. That's how it feels to me.
0: That was only a statement of intimacy. That was... That was opposite action. That's a mindfulness technique. That's doing something different. Did you see what I did? All I did was say, not that you were wrong, but something wrong about me.
1: I I don't think we're on the same wavelength. I I Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's okay. All I'm showing is
0: that when you are in a relationship and you are having trouble with intimacy, change tactic. If you're not communicating in the same way, same intimacy. Take a different tactic. Don't go back. Don't go forward toward them. Say something about yourself so that they don't feel attacked. That's intimacy. Intimacy is saying something revealing about yourself. And so if you're at the breakfast table and there is silence and you say, you didn't answer my question right away, that's attacking. That's not intimacy coming closer. That's attacking. And you think that their silence is a lack of intimacy. It's a wall. Going forward is not making you closer. They will just back up. It's better to stop and do something else or to say something like, you know? Or you change. You don't get more emotional. You go, you know, I was thinking of buying a bathing suit today, Bam, buying one of those thin, thin, thin likes like they have in um, Brazil. You know, like the dental floss <laughs> that goes up the butt? I just did it again. I did something different. I did irreverent humor. I changed tactic. Then you get the other person to go, what? Now they're listening and they're coming closer to you. And they're laughing. And that breeds intimacy. Do you understand? I do. And you laughed. Just when Annalita thought, Annalita was like, Mona Lisa, you're a to You are a flipping gonna. I don't know what the hell you're going to do. Get a shovel, a jackhammer. I don't know what the hell you're going to do. Anybody else have a question? Wanda, you're a peach and you're a brave soul. Anybody else? That's an example. That's based on DBT, mindfulness. It's not easy it's not easy at all because if a cat if i want to pick up a cat i crowd them and i have claw marks to prove it yes um the hand waves mariana thank you so i've enjoyed this podcast thank you very much we have Um, one more two three more minutes yes go ahead okay so very quickly i realized after my last Um, intimate relationship which was many years ago that I had consciously stepped away but unconsciously slammed the door shut and I would like to heal that or change that if it's intuitively possible Okay, uh, first of I just all, that, no, well, hold on, we're going to break that up into small pieces before you say, I just feel, before you just say, I just feel, and then we go into the portrayal, and then that goes to hell in a handbasket.
1: Yeah, so, anyway.
0: No, 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 you You don't buy, um, there used to be a place called Durgan Park, and you could buy a prime rib that fell off the sides of the plate. You could never eat the whole prime rib. You were better off just taking a little slice off the side and bringing the rest home. So the first part Mm -hmm. of that was my last intimate relationship was a long time ago. I think I'm intuitively interested in one sooner, Mm -hmm. period. That's a little piece of prime rib off the side. You let the rest fall off the side of the plate (laughs) do you understand
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so then when you say i intuitively think those are two opposite directions that's like saying i'm going east and west at the same time yeah i intuitively right brain think left brain i intuitively limbic system think frontal lobe You can't do that because you're doing two things at the right time. So you don't know if you're coming or going. So the best thing you can do is get a person who has a foot in each camp and help you take a piece of paper, put a line down the middle, and do pros and cons about... The appropriateness of approaching the relationship issue at this junction now, pros and cons on either side, and what would be, if, if once you weighed what side is better, then what would be the steps?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what thinking is. Got it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't because everything it's like medicine in the sea or relationships help our immune system. They attaching to the people securely helps us with physical health outcomes. It lowers our capacity to develop diseases, and if we do get health problems, it lowers their severity, and slows aging. Obviously, you heard me get a paper because I looked up that I, I looked up and I went. So, does intimacy affect our health? And yes, it does. However, if you've had difficulty with intimacy or you've been traumatized. That attention thing. When you're in a relationship, your attention will be focused like a heat seeking mm-hmm. missile to negative emotions mm-hmm. during the relationship. Did I just see a dirty sock on the floor? Did I see a grimace? Actually, I had something in my tooth. No, that was a grimace. I saw a grimace. Actually, no, I had a piece of popcorn in my tooth. You'll be you will be your attention really? will be focused and driven to the negative aspects yeah. of, and they showed that with people who've had a history of trauma. And your attention will be drawn and not just dis- distracted away from hostile aspects of a relationship. Like some people go. When someone goes, um, would you like um a glass of water? No, no, no. You'll your brain will ramp that no. And you'll think, Well, that was rude, when really they were thinking about um uh the Red Sox and how they're gonna lose this pennant. And so the first thing that came out of their mouth goes, No, that's not right. <laughs> right at the time that you asked for a glass of water, but your attention and your focus will be on that just at the right time. And it will be overly endorsed in how you focus on things. And we all do that. I can't believe you said it that way. You didn't have to say it that way with that tone. Well, actually, I was thinking about the rest. I don't care. You should be kinder. Anyway, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Come next week and ask it. Um, ask something else. I have to, um the end of our class, Mm-hmm. And it's about enough intimacy. <laughs> it's all that I can handle for today. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. All good things must come to an end. Intimacy and boundaries. If you've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have a great day. Be well. Do right. Live brilliantly. Bye-bye now.